0: What does motion sound like? With Kizikans Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom slash socks.
1: Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. It's
2: been a privilege getting to know this team. Really, really cool guys on this team. Um, change is always hard. A new coach is always really, really hard, right? There's this period of, you know, why are we doing this, why are we doing that, man? But I'm really proud of the way that they're working. They're working really hard, both on the field and off the field. A couple of things I want to highlight from the fall, and this is a credit to Dennis and Andrea and the previous coaching staff, but most importantly, the players. You know, our fall cumulative GPA for the guys that are returning is 3.124. I think anytime you have a football team that's over a 3.0 GPA, you have a really good culture.
0: Good morning, Thursday morning here on Coffee and Cream. In the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, we are lived, live excuse me, from the h and H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. We're on 590 ESPN Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln. Live on Twitter, live on YouTube, and we're happy to have you with us here. For this beautiful Thursday morning, not as cold as yesterday, which is why I didn't back in this morning if DB took notice to that because he likes to take note of my parking job um, out in the lot. But you know, it is what it is. I He just desperately wants to be
3: just like me sometimes. I get it. Ah, <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> that's pretty good, though. One of the things that I wake up thinking, man, I'd, I'd like to be just like Andrew Rogers. It doesn't shock me. No, I think from the sounds of it, I think I would take some of your mom's personality because she seems like she's pretty cool, and I want my mom is your mom. I, That's they, why they seem <laughs> a lot. Of, they seem to have some similarities, <laughs> and I think maybe on some days because he seems like Captain Control. I think I want to be Barry Rogers. Stay in your lane. There it is. Right, Stay in right, the right, lane. right, in My lane, man. I'll rock the boat. Right there. I'm gonna try to do the right thing, nah, man. But it. it I'm a little bummed. The weather's going to warm up a smidge. I like winter. That does not bum me out one bit. Uh, I like. I wouldn't say I like winter as much as. I don't like the wet and the messiness of spring. So um, I don't know what the groundhog do today. Shane, did did Puxitani uh, Peter or Phil or Paul? What's his name? I think it's Phil. Puxitani Phil. Did Phil see his shadow? Peter and Paul, I don't know. Mary. <laughs> what are we just saying? Bible yeah. names. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird, isn't it?
0: Philip. <laughs> hey, uh, so did he see his shadow? I don't know. Uh, I don't really follow along with our ground dog friend. Does it work? When was the last time he saw I have, his shadow? I have no idea. Or, this, or when I he know. didn't we,
3: see we, his shadow. It always seems like time, winter is longer But, but is I never really got down which is which. But anyway, if he saw his shadow and, or he didn't, I'm just hoping for six more weeks of at least cool weather.
0: I am on your page when you say you don't like the sloppiness of spring. No, it's not that deep. But I also think that's a carryover from winter because when the snow melts and this is why it's a problem. We both have dogs. The dogs go for outside sh- for, for sure. in the yard. For sure. How many times a day? 5 three. 6 You're only a 3 time a day? Maybe 4. Okay. Mine's more like five times a day. Yeah. And she comes back, and you always have to wipe off her paws. You yeah. always have to wipe off under her belly. I, I, am, I am That's with you. the issue I am with you. the sloppiness
3: of the that weather. It drives me bonkers. But anyway, it's like, you know, it's, uh, I like Thursdays. Thursdays are good. One step closer, usually there's high school hoops. You, get, you know you're getting ready to get into the weekend. Uh, a very average night, in my opinion, especially as a Carolina fan. Uh, a basketball Panthers? Oh. I am a Panthers fan. Not as much as the Steelers, but I don't know how much Matt rules a Panther fan right now. Ooh. So, but I you know, I think he kind of knew that was coming as of late because remember, that was the sticking point where Trev kind of had to go back and get his man. Nudge nudge wink wink early on in negotiations. I I believe they believe they thought they had an (laughs) understanding. Apparently, they did. We weren't on the same page. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, didn't we talk about this? So now you get a lawsuit. But does it make you think differently of somebody that wants to go to work that didn't have to work? What kind what kind of rigor I know what would saying. you run into a smoldering cause let's let's be honest. I we joke well, actually I didn't joke. Jim in Minnesota said why does he always run into the burning house. You know, speaking so of I, something he asked me last night that
0: he wanted me to relay to you, we were back and forth on Twitter about recruiting rankings. He's good dude.
3: But we'll so, get there. So and I don't you know what's funny about him? We've been doing this for years, one of those guys that I've met over social media. I don't know what made me trust him because i'm not I have a handful of guys that I've never really met met that I actually I wouldn't definitely not say confide in, but I trust there was something about him early on because we just kind of randomly go back and forth and then over the years it's like x amount of years later. That's like Husker X's and O's, even mm-hmm. though he does have a name. I call him Husker X's and O's. Um, I remember one time, this was a couple of years ago. He like DM me. He goes, "Hey, my name is." I was like, "Hey, what's up?" But we anyway. He's very. Uh, he's a good listener. You know what I mean? Like yes. he 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 picks up on things that you don't have to hit him over the head with. So that that's mm-hmm. why I gravitated towards him. But anyway, like. Why would you add the why would you want the stress? You moved your family again when you could have been fairly comfortable mm-hmm. for a sec. Right? Like he's a hard worker and p- you, you <sighs> desire that work
0: ethic. Uh, and, and plus I'll, if you stopped working, yeah. Th- people say it all the time like, "Oh, I can't wait to get to retirement age." And and to some degree, there are a lot of people that are like, "Hey, I've been doing this for 40 years." Like that's one thing. Matt rules only what 38 now? 39? 47. 47, yep. <laughs> I got that right. And. Uh,
3: we well, just had a birthday.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, How about a beer? So he's at a point, too, to where he probably internally doesn't want to take a break mm. when he failed.
3: Yeah, but, but didn't you think it was interesting, like yesterday in the presser? And there was a lot. What do he go? 30,
0: 33 minutes, maybe?
3: Little so like Yeah,
0: I think it was thirty four minutes.
3: So I'm always tempted. I I usually wanna go to those. But it always depends on how I've set it up pre pressers. Right? Like if I'm just getting to know somebody, maybe if I know like I went to I did not go to Bose first. I did go to Riley's, and I did go to Frost, but I feel like I didn't know if Coach Rule was gonna say something that we he we don't know, like. Do you ever feel though like a penguin? Yes, that when you're at a press conference,
0: you're not as you're, you're not able to multitask as well because, like, that's me. When mm. I go to a press conference, I feel like because I'm there, I want to give you eye contact. I want to be engaged in what you're telling me, versus oh, I'm going to be looking down at my laptop, kind of gauging up. So looking basically, down at my laptop, gauging it, back
3: up. A lot of times, it depends on what information I think I can get that I wouldn't ordinarily get. So that kind of, I was like,
0: well, let but me even just. if I heard something, I would feel, I'd feel rude to go to my phone and start tweeting. While he's talking,
3: yeah, if he understands the. the, I think that's good. That's decent. That's just, I I, I, get I get it. But I think they understand. Like like a lot of times people are banging on keyboards and stuff like that. And and, and we'll get to something he said later about being on the phone at the dinner table, which is a no no in our house, right? It's a no no in a lot of households. And I dislike, and he said it. What does it have to do with winning? Nothing, but everything, right? Like, I gravitated towards that because I think, (laughs) I just think there's some, especially in talking to him, like, there's just something about this whole family thing. How many times did he say that? How many times did he say family yesterday? Right? It's like, all in the family. And hopefully I won't get in trouble for my Archie Bunker gif, but... Totally frowned upon now, one of those shows. Th- Shane, we've we're in consensus, right? There's no way Archie Bunker and all in the family could be on television today.
4: Uh, I, I would say for the last twenty years.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but today <Yeah. laughs> uh, anyway can, can I, get I, I get wasn't talking I wasn't talking about two thousand three, Shane. I was uh, talking about two thousand twenty. Can I get your impersonation?
1: Oh Archie. Oh,
0: there you go. Thank there you. it is.
3: What? I've never even seen it. It's exactly how she sounds, too. But that's because... What was her name? Edith?
4: Edith Bunker?
3: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Archie! Yeah. Anyway, Archie, like, occasionally... One time, there was an episode with the Jeffersons where he dropped the the N-word, and he always said colored. But anyway...
0: (laughs) Was that why it's not on poor, TV? Did it? It it? Poor what, Drew down. Was that with the Jeffersons or with Sammy Davis?
3: So that was with the Jeffersons. Remember when he met Lionel's or Jenny's? Oh, boyfriend. Boyfriend. No. And they mm. were it was a biracial mm. marriage. All right, but I'm anyway, to the mic off. See <laughs> <So yeah. laughs> Anyway, the whole all in the family thing, right? Uh, the IGC, the Xavier Betts, the, the Eric Gilbert. I, I mean, all that stuff that he went into. I for whatever the reason i'm like is that that that, that's that's who he is right but it just seems to be a guy that gravitates towards developing Mm
0: -hmm. that's another word he heard about
3: 20 times yesterday he's like not working any harder than normal he's just just doing our jobs like there was a lot i i felt like if you really want to get into what he thinks is going to make this bad boy work uh, there, there was a ton. I listened to it over and over. Now I actually probably only three times, but well, then and over again, and one more over. Yep, one more, one more over. I, so I, I like I, I it's plenty, plenty mm-hmm. of takeaways. We'll get to yeah.
0: Nebraska added forty-one total players to its roster since the end of the twenty twenty-two season. Uh, Twenty-eight high school and JUCO signings, eleven through the transfer portal. Um, as you mentioned, the retention of Xavier Betts and IGC. Rule kind of sticks to a plan. Like Let's, let's say that one more time. Rule really sticks to a plan. Mm. He knows what he, wa- what he wanted back in December when he took this job, or was it the back end of November? Whatever the date exactly was. That plan is today's plan. That plan has not changed. Mm-hmm. When he went out when he went about recruiting, he went after the same it, it, on his checklist, right? Up and down his list, he went after the same bullets. He wants somebody with speed. Mm-hmm. He wants somebody that can develop. He wants a young guy that he can help mature, which is another thing he mentioned when he furthered his development take yesterday. He wants kids that want to be here to learn the game too. Because he wants to teach it. Uh, when he develops and he helps you mature as a player, you have to have that, that embedded in your brain that you are here to also learn to play the game. Mm-hmm. That's who he's surrounding you with. So with all of that being said, one of my favorite quotes that he, that he had toward the back end of his presser was when he was talking about Smith-Flores and Charles and them playing only one year of football. Right. And he said, want to recruit the top players in the country, but I also want to look at a guy's senior tape because guys are going to pop. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to play the game for 12, 13, 14 years in order to play college football. He's all about teaching the game. He's all about finding talent no matter the area it comes. That's one of my favorite nuggets from his presser yesterday because it goes back to everything that I just started with when I started talking after you finished, is that he had a plan from day one and he stuck to his plan up
3: until February 2nd. So you know what's funny about that? It's not even hee-hee-ha-ha because I don't think you were... You you weren't even here yet, but... Shane, do you remember all the consternation, all the back and forth about why Nebraska? So, we were trying to, the fan base was trying to rationalize and go back and forth over recruiting gripes and failures, and how are we only hitting on, you know, 11 out of 22 guys, and the process of elimination, and what it takes to evaluate senior film. And there was this great debate on offering guys early or being patient with in-state guys because you wanted to look at their senior film and how off-putting it was to in-state guys because you would wait to look at their senior film. And in other parts of the country where they play spring ball versus here, if you were a junior in Florida, you had played a year and a half more high school football than if you were a junior in Nebraska and why senior film was important. It's just crazy because Bo got killed for this. Bo would always talk about wanting to watch senior film, but he never maximized the scholarship limit, so people became upset. It wasn't pretty. I, I, but I got it, though, because, and I, in full disclosure, I, I think I'm on record. Like, I was, I liked Bo, right? We, I, like, if I had, you know, I liked Outside Bo. Outside looking in, I liked Bo. So, um, it wasn't always popular to say then. It's become more popular to say now. Well, it's because, because Bo won games. He won games. but And and he and I didn't always hit it off, but we hung in there. And then kind of came out of the other end. I feel like that wasn't just you. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people hung in there. Uh, some. Some. Some never came back around. And th- the thing that he and I had, some people don't come back from. But I gave it some time. Anyway. He was kind of maligned for that. We don't have enough numbers. A self-imposed probation. These are things that I heard during his tenure with recruiting because when people wanted to attack, it was Callahan's guys. Gomes, all these guys that he was winning, it was Callahan's guys. They wanted Bo to recruit better. Then he went through this stretch where he had to boot about 10, 15 guys out of the program. A whole linebacking recruiting corps one year the difference now is is full disclosure coach because it's like 6 degrees of separation i'm like oh now it's cool do you know why because coach rule is saying it out loud you know exactly what you're dealing with it sounds like a plan but the the x factor the difference and he can't do this every year but what were the numbers that you just gave between freshman and junior college versus guys that he got out of the portal twenty eight eleven okay that's thirty nine guys doing the quick math right and that's without even naming Xavier bets and IGC I- IGC so if you hit on half if you hit on half of those guys Three, you're going two. to get twenty right hey, how many players are on the football well, field well Jamie let me well, Jamie let me get away with that he's my mathematician you like those numbers now again you can't I don't think he can do it every year although I do think from the high school ranks he is not going to be afraid to get to 20 scholarships right and I'm happy you brought up numbers like that too because Th- that's the difference because it comes across like he has a plan and he's saying it out right. loud so you can see it Bo would kind of intimate it and we were I like, oh, slow playing the in-state guys he's slow playing the in-state guys and it hurt because he missed on a handful of guys, the, the Harrison Phillips, the, um, what's what's his bucket, super good player that threw the bones for Iowa when, he, when Iowa beat Nebraska, D. Lyman. Um, you know, it, it, there just were a few, a few too many of those mm-hmm. where it really started the back and forth. And I think Coach Rule, he's getting out in front. He's talking about time in the office. He's talking about building a family. He's talking about work ethic. He's talking about strength and numbers. He's talking about development. He's talking about polishing guys that maybe are a little scuffed, right? Like he's 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 hitting all the points and it's disarming because he's out in front. You know, and what he's I mean?
0: taking a chance because he doesn't leave things to chance.
3: I told you, man, that was the one of the greatest one liners he told me that stuck with me.
0: So when I was talking with. We mentioned Jim in Minnesota on Twitter earlier on at the top of the show. It's a lot of run
3: for Jim the last three days.
0: It is. But he's heavily involved, and he's bringing up some good points. But when I was talking to him about recruiting rankings and and those numbers that you were just just hitting on, and and it kind of settled in on, okay, where a team finished come National Signing Day. And he was bringing up Wisconsin because we had said that Wisconsin was on the low end of Big Ten rankings when mm-hmm. it came to 2023 recruits. But remember, everybody out there checking things, it's skewed. You get a different one on 24-7 that you do on rivals.
3: That's why I was always asking about composite. You're exactly right. Correct. So
0: when we were talking about recruits, so he, was, he was mentioned in numbers and like how Wisconsin has a couple of four stars and Indiana got two four stars as well. well on 24-7. There are no four stars on Indiana's roster because the stars are also skewed. Um but it came down to the point I'm getting to is the total number of recruits and where they kind of settle in in regards to um top 14 rankings, right? Mm-hmm. And Nebraska was at a disadvantage more than they were at an advantage because of how many guys they had committed to them. Correct. That's what hurt their number in the end. Correct. More times than not, if you have 16 recruits, or 16 commits, excuse me, 14 commits, 19 commits versus 28, your number's going to be better because you don't have a, as large of a sample size to take it down. Plus, when you look at Matt Rule's team, he's getting guys that don't have stars at all. So that's going to keep tanking your number when it comes to five-star to four-star to three-star. So with all of that being said, we we had a really good back-and-forth conversation on kind of explaining why things can look a little different Mm. on various platforms. But in regards to numbers, it's amazing to see Nebraska as high as they are when it comes to as many
3: commits as they have. Uh, And how how crafty is he you talk about checkers and chess with hey and we're we're still over the numbers and there's some rules now where we can do some different things with numbers and he said but we'll we'll get there <laughs> so what are you so what so what can you not say at, at a presser when you're going to ask him questions hey man i know you're like 14 15 16 over how are you going to get to 85 i don't worry about it like hey. we'll we'll figure it out we got there Right. But again, I'm going to say this, and this will be the last time that I say it. I don't think Nebraska will be in the business practice of using NIL for scholarship coverage because it's not. not only is it not a sustainable model. You don't want to get in the habit of keeping guys around just to be keeping them around because the waterfall for money is not endless. You want to maximize your NIL, and that's not what I believe this particular business operation <laughs> wants to do. So I don't want to hear the whole – like, do the math. Like, if you're being honest, I mean, you're talking about a minimum of 26,000 committed for to go to school? Yeah, I don't, I don't see that being sustainable, nor do I see that being something they want to do. So right? say
0: that one more time because you said you weren't going to say it again?
3: That's it. No, I'm not. That's it. I, ga- I got to
0: write it down so that you won't ever say it again. Nebraska's
3: is not going to be in the business model of using NIL money to to keep five, six extra guys on scholarship. They're going gonna, to right into the bear trap. They're going. They're going someplace else.
0: You said you weren't going to say it again. Yeah, that's it. Let's, say let's, it let's move along. <laughs> yeah, but you said it twice. So you said you said it again.
3: Would you see this expression? You're not getting any humor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, what was humorous, though, last night was um, what sparked my poll question today. I what do we got? You, I don't know if you ended up seeing it. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Rogers, a
3: man of the polls.
0: And, uh, How about that
3: during the meeting the other day?
0: Yeah, that was funny. Hey, can we do a- poll questions? Well, they're like, hey, can we do more poll questions? And it was like the the, se- the Reggie Wayne scene that I told you about in the bar over uh, conference championship weekend when everybody was like, yeah. to the one person that knows everything about that thing. Yeah. That's me with polls. Anyway, DB hit me up uh, with, a, with a tweet <laughs> regarding Trace Jackson Davis and Maryland's head coach calling him the best, no, be, not best, but most dominant player in college basketball right now. So that's our poll question today. Who is the most dominant player in college basketball right now? Is it Trace Jackson Davis? Is it Zach Eadie? Or is it somebody else? You can vote on at <laughs> Radio.
3: Well, you want confirmation that you're right?
0: No, I actually picked <laughs> Trace Jackson Davis. We'll talk more next.
2: Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Xavier, I didn't know who Xavier was. Um, and so I talked, you know, I just met with him. I love Xavier Betts. And I don't love Xavier Betts because of who he is as on the football field because that's what's wrong when people think you only love him. I love who he is as a person. I like getting to know him. I like that. I, I, I appreciate it. He texted me happy birthday yesterday, okay? That means something to me. Like, so, I like who he is as a guy, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm anxious to see him kinda get back on the football field and do well in the classroom, so I'm anxious to not just give him a chance, but to be an advocate for him. You know, like, my son's 18, I'm trying to figure out, he's trying to figure out what he wants to do for the rest of his life. I want him to go places where they has people who they don't entitle him, they don't mm. enable him, but they advocate for him. Mm, so quote, we'll do that for his Great quote. <laughs> Exactly what I wrote
0: down. I want him to go places where there are people. They don't entitle him. They don't enable him. But they advocate for him. Matt Rule saying that on Xavier Betts. Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio. Powered by Currency. Damon Benning. Andrew Rogers. Go to HaleVarsity.com if you'd like to read the article. Not only from Brady Oltman, who does a great job covering that organization. We that probably program. ought to
3: use him more. Schmitty always gets him. Does Brady get up early?
0: Well, we'll find out. Shane, I, 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 I like his, down.
3: I like his delivery.
0: I do too. Drake Keeler also doing a good job talking about the transfer portal additions yesterday. Aaron Sorensen uh, at the. excuse me, press conference as well. If you'd like to get a subscription to HailVarsity.com, guess what you can do? You can use the promo code AR for a monthly subscription, or you can purchase that yearly subscription and use the promo code DB, which also leads to perks at the restaurant where we record every single day, which you told me, I don't know if it was two days ago when you ran into um, some administration from either your high school or the local high school. Oh, here. Papio South. And and they signed up for the perks, right? Yeah. yeah. And got some, some pretty nice deals. Big beers. Here at the bar.
3: They wanted big beers and discounts. Yeah,
0: big beers and discounts. Big beers and discounts. Sounds so, like a new podcast.
3: Hey, so the, the more, because you probably know more than most when it comes to the in, the intimacy of the relationship trying to develop with the new staff, right? I probably share more things or the phone, Mm -hmm. or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So you're kind of in the know. The more you listen to Coach Rule, are you making the connection what floats my boat? Like, are you like... "Eh." So so for me, because
0: I don't know Coach Rule like you, I would say yes to your question, but I would further it by saying this. He's somebody that even listening to makes me... Like I want to run through a brick wall for that guy, like it, no matter what he's telling me, this is what I'm doing when I'm listening to him, yeah, like I'm nodding my head along. I'm buying into him, and I don't even know him, but it's because not only of his delivery but his authenticity that I get from either stories from you or stories I told that you I about read, the r g
3: forty four stories
0: right? of recruits how yes. that thing came about so it's like. All, all of that wrapped up into one thing. That's why I relate to exactly what you just said about Matt Rule. He's somebody that I am
3: all in on. What he said is what you like want in your workplace. You, you don't want a place that's gonna, where you're going to be entitled. You want an advocate. I think all people want in their job or in their relationships is somebody that's for them like I would always say you know if if I put your best interest at heart and you put my best interest at heart there'll be no reason to be selfish right like if if I try to view things through your prism in terms of at least a level of understanding it, it's like you you can you can find a way to figure it out and so with bets and you know we sat on it forever just because you know, nobody had made it official yet, but...
0: The also whole, didn't want to impact
3: or influence any sort of decision or spark something
0: that they didn't want leaked out yeah. yet.
3: And so I think putting those parameters and guidelines in place, like I'm rooting for the kid. He said something that is so... any. There's probably a, there's a handful of people out there that I think know ZB like that. For Zave to... Xavier will go stretches without returning anything—not so much as a text, a call, whatever. For him to say happy birthday—that's very un. It goes bet- back to what we very, when we talked to Anna ve- yesterday.
0: Very unbets like when she says, "Hey, Merry Christmas to people or Happy Birthday to people." She keeps the relationship up to the standard it should be. But the contrary is what you just ended with. There is how it's not Xavier Bet's like. But because it's not what he's like, because it's something oh, it similar got to my somebody attention. with a social def, def, personality, def, definitely got my attention. it gets your attention. Because
3: we, d- he didn't even really know how to approach Coach Rule at first. So you get the portal attention. Wh- whatever, right? Like people have their ways to try to get. He wants to be loved. He's, and- a, he's a kid that wants so, so what to be if loved. I, so what have I always said about a nice, this is kind of what we talked about with Anna kind of this is very pertinent to like an IGC Hassan Reddick Xavier Betts kind of deal a lot of times when all I said this yesterday and I and I and I even knew better it was instilled in me to think differently but I didn't feel it so I couldn't do what my parents were telling me to do so I fought it when your identity is wrapped up in something that isn't all you but that's all people associate you with it can it has weird Mm -hmm. effects on you right it can wear on you it's like hey but i like this or hey this is what i really like to do or how come every time you see me this is all you talk about or if i didn't do this would we still be cool could i still come to your house could i still say hello to your daughter right like those are the things that I think people think about that they go through. And for, and for Z, he said, I, when Coach Rule said, I like him as a person, if he's being sincere and if he's being authentic, which I have no reason to believe he's not, Z's got a chance. I didn't need to hear anything else. I like him as a person. Once you say that, you give yourself a chance. I'm telling you, sure, as I'm sitting here, I know him. You, you're giving yourself a chance because my sense of self-worth and my value isn't wrapped up mm-hmm. because I can hit a baseball 400 feet or actually like 320 and, and run and throw, right? It's different.
0: And sometimes you know when i when I think of the whole Xavier Betts situation it it comes down to this like with what he had to go through, with what he had to battle with internally you're you're looking for somebody to care about you, and not only from a personal point of view but also from your sport point of view he wouldn't go back to football
3: if he really didn't want to play football anymore because he left football for a reason and regardless of how good you are at your job if Bill and Chris weren't for you you'd leave you'd
0: leave and wouldn't you in plenty of in plenty of instances and I've only been in in the media now for eight years in plenty of instances there have been at least one or two moments where I'm like, "This is wearing on my mental." Yeah, leg. you're not. You're just. This, you're not. You're this not is, for me. Why are you limiting my progression to get to where I want to be? Not to say like th- this carries over and, and attributes to what Xavier Betts had to go through, but at some point, all he wanted was for somebody to say, "Hey, man, how about we try this?" Hey, if you came back, you you, and, and real, you bought you into
3: re- me, and I bought into you. Think of what we could do. You realize you're kind of explaining why he's at Nebraska. Nebraska is the thing that he loves for something other than just the 70s, 80s, and 90s. I think Coach Rule loves what it represents, what it could represent, and what it's about. I showed you kind of what he referred it to and how he had to guard against that. He loves it here, which is why I think he gives, dude, it's why, like, he. it's not lip service. Uh, I'm just telling you, it's not lip service. Hey, we got about a
0: minute. Let's go to line one. Uh, out of breath, Brian with us. Uh, Brian, you got about a minute here. What's up?
3: Good morning, B. Hey,
1: good morning, Damon. I'm liking everything y'all said about Matt Rule. I'm, I'm really proud, you know, I, I'm happy that he's coaching us, especially if he's a, uh, a PK. I'm a PK. But it's telling me we should have hired a preacher kid a long time ago <laughs> for all these football centers in this state. That's why we ain't made it nowhere. Right. Y'all need some football, Holy Ghost? Y'all got Matt Rule. Right there. Should <laughs> the tabernacle, put your belief right here in Rule. We're going to be all right. It, it, it sounds like the new age timehouse boy to me. <laughs> it's Hallelujah.
3: It's crazy, man.
1: That, that's what oh, it's sounds like. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go to hell, whole people.
3: Mm-hmm. It's uncanny.
0: Brian, appreciate but, the call.
3: I, guess, I just hope it means wins.
0: <laughs> and, and you know what? That's what it boils down to Gosh. come August. Yeah. We're going to talk to Brandon Vogel next. More on this and just a lot more to get to on the show. I'll tell you all that coming your way.
5: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of
1: hand. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio.
0: Welcome back to the show, 888-638-4876. If you'd like to get involved, it's coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club, currently drinking my... Coffee, courtesy of The Beanery, the official coffee of Coffee and Cream. They offer ice, they offer hot, they offer frozen. I'm drinking uh, I'm drinking hot, excuse me, though, DB, because it's cold outside, and i got to stay you warm. You just said it was nice. No, you said it was nice. No, you, you said it was warming up. You did. You Shh. said on this... Oh, it's nicer than yesterday. Oh, well, yeah, it's all relative, right? Well, it's still cold. It's still under 32 so, degrees. So did you just only warm it up a couple of degrees or just stop it no i got the same it's it's the same temperature as it was yesterday
3: i I think we got one
0: (laughs) (laughs) they roast their own coffee they're locally owned and operated they have four locations in gretna papillion ashland and the new location which they just opened in october which is off 168th and giles go to the beanery get yourself a cup of hot joe today is that what you got it is right here in here I smells should, good, too. A little send, French vanilla action. Mm-hmm. I should send
3: my buddy there and tell him to see if he can make up his own Hot John because he likes another hot place. Hot John or Hot Joe? He likes another place in town. Oh, But his name yeah, is John. Yeah. And I'm going to tell him, hey, you need to be going to the beanery. The beanery can make you a Hot John. You just call it something else. Mm-hmm. Like, always leave the plastic on my rear windshield wiper, John, because it's always on his rear windshield wiper. I have no idea why he does that, but whatever.
0: Do you think Brandon Vogel does that? Let's bring him in right now. No. No. Welcome to the show. Do you leave plastic on your rear windshield wiper?
5: no i don't on my current car i don't have a rear windshield wiper but that would definitely be not be something i would do generally we gotta get (laughs) we gotta get all the the protective packaging off of off things that's that's kind of my approach
3: same baby i know we have limited time but i have to ask you this because i forget i forgot what the reason is why do they put that on the rear windshield wiper again do you know
5: um Great question. I, I, I can't Somebody no told God. me
3: once and I forgot. Shane, do you know? They're used
0: to prevent the spinning bristles of the automatic brushes from getting caught in the wiper mechanicals. Oh. Yeah, that's that's too advanced. That definition's too
3: advanced <laughs> for me. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of advanced and that voice, Brandon Vogel, you're perfect. Do you remember, or is this revisionist history? Remember Coach P. Polini and wanting to evaluate senior tape? Nebraska fans thinking that they didn't value in-state guys because he said he wanted to evaluate senior tape. It was coupled with the fact he was carrying in the mid-70s in terms of scholarship guys. How that kind of worked against him over time, right? If you were in the other camp, it was, ah, those are Callahan's guys. And so that became a sticking point. But since this new staff has been here, we've heard big numbers giving themselves a chance for a success rate. We're still needing to evaluate senior film, but we're going to give ourselves margin for error. Is that the difference in sentiment? Or is it because we haven't seen them play a game yet and we're excited?
5: <laughs> I, I think I think it might be mostly mostly the latter and you know Matt Rule. <clears throat> So far, it is his. His press conferences are, are fun, laid back. He's kind of got this uh, get the doc ready, doc drop ready, Shane. He's got this kind of no big deal vibe to him throughout, um, <laughs> and it, it's just it's it's fun because you know yes, they haven't played a game yet, but I remember very well. I think all of the Big Ten media days that I attended, where Halini was still Nebraska's coach, that would come up wanting to watch senior film. And back then you could do it, you know, you only had the February signing day, but it always made people, I think, a little bit nervous because you're watching Nebraska would be into December and maybe ranked like eighth in the Big Ten in the team recruiting rankings. And then they'd end up about fourth, which is where they tend to end up uh, because they would go on a strong close because that was how Polini preferred to do it. But you're always walking this line of like, oh, are they just waiting for the season to get over to really get started here? Uh, whether that was true or not, I do definitely remember that kind of being a perception.
0: Vogel, what was your biggest takeaway from that press conference?
5: <clears throat> the story of, of DeAndre Barnes, uh, I yeah. thought, was, was <laughs> re- really, really interesting. I think on a, on a broader level, and, you know, and Rule talked about this a little bit, but it wasn't really anything he said, but just kind of thinking about this class and what it be, you know, they're going to bring in with transfers and not even factory walk-ons into it yet almost 40 guys, I think 39 new players. And you think about that, and I think Rule said at some point, you know, since taking the Nebraska job, that first Baylor team, they had like 47, 48 scholarship players. They're bringing in 39 new players just to get this thing started. Um, it's it, And you look at Colorado, uh, I think Colorado's up over 40. It's, it's crazy. I mean, how do you project that Colorado-Nebraska game next September, which maybe nobody's that interested in doing quite yet, when they, they both brought in almost 40 new players each. Uh, it's it's just a different era. Um, you know, I think Rule did note, like, they were able to see senior film, with just the timing of things this year. Probably not the case with the December signing day. Not to this degree uh, going forward.
3: I actually think, you know, it's interesting. Um, because I would consider you extremely bright. Uh, you've listened to a lot of different speakers in a lot of multitude of various sports, academia, whatever. Do you find yourself falling victim to dis when messages are that disarming? Like they take away your normal ammo and they keep you at bay because he's already divulging the counterpoints, i.e., the numbers. You know, hitting on fifty percent, the senior eval. Hey, we're still developing. We have to find guys. Those are who he's telling you the story all while all while booing potential counterpoints. Are, do you fall victim to that? Because I know you're smart.
5: <laughs> oh, 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 absolutely. I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's kind of a, a great rhetorical tactic. You know, I wasn't a speech and debate person, so I guess I don't know. Uh, the, the true ins and outs and science of this, but you can just see it from from afar of like, okay, uh, you're probably going to ask about this. You're probably <laughs> going to have this question. I'll just get that out of the way now. And I mean, you compare it to, to Bo Pelini, who definitely wasn't afraid to get confrontational. Um, and I I think I, I think about it for myself personally, by the time we got to the end of the Pelini era, I was just kind of like, you know, a lot of the popular criticisms that were out there, I shared. And obviously in retrospect, you look at that and you're like, nine games a year was pretty darn good. You were in the hunt, which now would be the thing I tell, you know, any coach out there for any team, not that they're asking me, but like be in the hunt, be in the hunt. Like don't be, don't get tired of of being in the hunt because if you stay in the hunt, you get one of those seasons where, you know, things click a little bit, all of a sudden, all your goals are possible. So yes, Matt Rule does a very good job of, I mean, I think he does this naturally. Um, I don't know how much strategy it is, but maybe uh of just being disarming
3: hey how about this and we're going to play the quote here coming up because of course i i I stood up and and ran around the house fist pumping what does this have to do with winning wins and losses nothing but everything right that was in the conclusion of saying we want to eat together i want my coaches to eat together i want our players sitting down without their phones understanding that their family, that their brothers are important to them. Hokie twenty twenty three, we're on the fly, we get mad at drive through or man, I get it. Can't wait to watch this play out. Yeah,
5: the the more college football I am fortunate enough to cover and, and follow. Um It kind of goes back to, you know, how I felt towards the end of the Bo Pellini era. Very different, you know, how I feel almost 10 years later now. Like, the, the more that I watch college football and college athletics in general, I think, like, true and lasting success is ultimately defined by how strong of a team you can build. And that is things like making sure these guys, you know, not making the guys eat together, but creating an environment where they want to. Creating an environment where I mean, this might be a little bit tougher, where you don't have to say, hey, leave your phones outside, you know, some guys just start doing it naturally. Um, and I think, you know, until you get up to the the professional ranks, which, you know, might inform a little bit of what happened at, at Carolina, those things are really, really important. You got to have guys who want to go out there and play with and for each other. Um, and that all sounds like touchy feely, you know, I, I understand the <laughs> resistance. The resistance to it, but I, I really do think it's. I, I really do think it's important.
3: And you guys, I'm telling you, sh- and sure as I'm sitting here, I used to wonder how we were gonna win at Nebraska because I felt like it was too lovey-dovey. Like I remember being that guy in the locker room. I'm like, just yell at me, like tell me I sucked. Like why are you telling me You'd there's be- say Why why are you telling you? me there's better in me? Like how do you know? Right, like. <laughs> is is that not crazy? It is. Yeah, it is. And and folks, real fast here
0: cuz we got about a minute and a half to to maybe further the point DBs on. You know, this program or this fan base wants to see a winning program. But rule is all about talking about the importance of teaching the game to the young players so that they can learn and mature here with this program which could stand out to as hey we may not win right away it may take <laughs> a little time to win so uh, I, I I use this word a lot and I'm going to ask you again as and I'll give you about a minute to answer but patience like how patient does the fan base need to be mm.
5: Um, I mean, it's, it's always important. I think realistically in today's college game with the ability to add 40 new guys, if you need to, if you want to, if you think that's how you can do it, uh, you, you really get a year. I mean, I honestly, unfortunately, I think the patience meter is, is shrinking um, because of the way the college game has changed. So, so we'll see, you know, I think Nebraska has a good chance to, to have some level of success right away in 2023 if they don't, um, well, it, it, it kind of instantly ups the pressure uh, on the season that follows. But um, I, I think Rule is going about this the right way. He's he's good at messaging, as we talked about. So it, it it'll play out okay for him. I think.
0: Brandon, you're the best man. We appreciate your time. We'll talk again next week.
5: Looking forward to it, guys. Thanks.
0: That's Thanks, Brandon Dave. Vogel, managing editor for Hale Varsity. Toss him a follow on Twitter at Brandon. Is it L Vogel? I Vogel? I think it's L Vogel. The capital L? <laughs> I don't know anymore. Some, some of these Times New Roman fonts, whatever it is. We're talking to Steve Jones next.
1: Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning.
0: You know, DB, I think I know what it is. I don't think I'm on my A game today because I've been battling this cold. I, I have, Oh, that's going I, around. I've had a stuffy nose. I've had a dry throat, which if you hear me cough on the show, which I have already done this morning, um, that that's, is that is what is the we reason gotta, why. That's
3: what we've got to get. We've got to get one of those cough
0: buttons. I, we so do. It's, so it's coughing and cream.
4: What? What did I say? That was funny. I mean, hey, wasn't
0: it? Hey, let me just put you back in your casket. Oh, nice my work, Nice work, Shader. Nice work. Not bad. Not bad. You tried. Not bad. Wow, You almost got it. <laughs> almost got it.
3: <laughs> Coffin yeah. and no, Cree. You
0: know, I got this bad, like, sinus pressure up top. Yeah, like, go get yourself bad. some
3: Augmentin. Some Amoxicillin. Well, I've, been, I've been
0: doing, like, the alka Celter. Some, some
3: Omnicef. Some Omnicef? What is that? They're all antibiotics. One upgrade of another. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no, I'm just skip Steph. skip to the good stuff. Go get the augmentin'. <laughs> Who's Steph? Curry. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. We'll get to Steve Jones in a moment once we get him on the line. He's the play-by-play voice for Penn State football. And as I'm getting directed, he is here with us. Uh, Steve Jones, again, the play-by-play voice for Penn State football and men's basketball. Steve, good morning.
6: Hey, guys, great to be with you.
3: Hey, appreciate your time, man, A busy time. You're like putting a bow on signing day, another great <laughs> class, and your basketball team, whoa, they showed you some flashes. You think down six at the half we got a chance, and then the second half happened.
6: Well, Mason Gillis happened in the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you have, I mean, Now, is he on the scouting report? Of course he is. Two years ago he was a starter for them along with Brandon Newman. Uh, he, but here's a guy that his career high is 14. So if he had gone out last night and say he would scored 10, 12 points in the game, I wouldn't have been remotely surprised because I think he's a good player. Do I think he's going to hit nine threes and score 29? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, That's just one of those unexpected things because when you look at the game – They did a pretty good job on Zach Eady. 18 points, 13 rebounds. Look, that's a good night against him. Michigan State gave up 38 to him. So they did a good job on him. The two kids, Smith and Lawyer, they're the three-point threats. They combined to go two for 11 in threes. Now, if you tell me Eady's going to have 18 and 13 and Lawyer and Smith are going to go two for 11 in threes, I'm looking around saying they got a real chance. Yeah, W. (laughs) Yeah. And then Mason Gillis steps up, and he doubles his career high in the game. I mean, he came in averaging .8 three-point makes per game. He had only made 17 the whole season. I mean, he'd only scored 55 points in the Big Ten. He just had a phenomenal night, and sometimes that happens. Go ahead. when ahead, When you're looking at a guy
3: like Pickett, senior, I get it, mature, savvy, all those nice adjectives. But when you look at his efficiency, shooting the basketball, given what he does and where those shots come from, you're missing a ton if you're just looking at box scores with what he's able to do, aren't we?
6: Well, no question. That's why I give the Wooden Award people a lot of credit because I've been a Wooden Award voter for 37 years. And for the first time in my life, I got an email this week that had a Penn State name on it. Yeah, he just got added. Yeah. And you know what? And he deserves it because he's been able to average right around that 17, 18 point number around eight rebounds a game. Is, you know, you look at his assist to turnover ratio, which is phenomenal. That's why Penn State is fourth in the nation, I think, in uh, assist to turnover ratio right now. And he's a big reason why, because he's the one handling the ball the majority of the time. He's also become a really good defender. And I asked Micah Shrewsbury last night in the pregame, when you you recruited him, what kind of player did you think you were getting and what kind of player do you have now? And he said, when I got him, I thought we were going to get a good point guard that was really going to help Penn State. He said, I thought he'd be a really good point guard for what Penn State wanted to do. He said, did I think I would be getting this kind of player?" He said, of course not. He said, he works. And, I, you know, and I'm around him. He works all the time. This guy puts a lot of time in the gym. This guy uh, watches a lot of film. And, and he just sits there, and he's, he's really just a basketball junkie. He just works and works and works at basketball, loves the game, and plays, let's see, I'd, and this is a compliment. In a lot of ways, plays an old man's game. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, can, he can post up and he can do all these things. And he, He's been obviously a major plus for what Penn State's done.
0: You know, maybe further that point with Pickett for me and, and tell me, because you've had you know, numerous interactions with him, how has time at Siena really benefited him
6: just as a basketball player overall? Well, he was obviously a terrific player at Siena. He had a 46-point game in, in his career, and he had 20, 20-point performances at Siena. He also looked around, and he thought, like m- like many players, okay, I'm at Siena. I think I can play at the highest level. All right? So now he transfers to Penn State, and he's playing in the Big Ten, and guess what? He can play at the highest level in college basketball. Mm. He's one of the top players. He should be a first-team All-Big Ten selection. And you see that with some, with with guys that transfer in with Fred that want to play. I mean, you don't think Sam Griesel didn't sit there and look around and say, you know what, I think I can play at the highest level. And he goes to Nebraska, and Sam has been playing at the highest level. He's play, he's played terrific basketball for Nebraska. You know, and this guy's you know, he, he was playing it at North Dakota, for goodness sakes, and now comes in and does that. So you have guys that – mature at different times uh, and they get an opportunity at a higher level. I remember Andrew Rousey was a thousand point scorer in two years at UNC Wilmington. He transferred to Marquette and he played two years at Marquette. Guess what he did? He scored a thousand points there too. So they're just guys that may fly into the radar at a certain point in their life, and then when they get the opportunity, they are ready and they can play. And Pickett's like that, Greasel's like that, and there are several other examples across the country like that.
3: When you look at guys like Lundy and, and Pickett and, uh, you know, Dorsey's a junior, uh, you've got two seniors, do you allow, you allow yourself to think trajectory with this program or are you staying in the moment right now with a little bit more of an older basketball team?
6: Well, I think Mike Bray, who's leaving Notre Dame, is correct about something. And I think there are certain programs in the country that need to be old or older, mm. as a matter of fact. And I don't mean just the playbook like guy. <laughs> okay. and, and so when you look at, at Notre Dame, that's what Mike Bray's better teams have been, older teams. That's where the transfer portal comes in. Now, Micah Shrewsbury, to his credit, recruited a top 40 class that's already here at Penn State. And several of those players are going to be really good players down the road. Kevin Jai, Jameel Brown, Evan Mahaffey, Kanye Clary. They're going to be good players at Penn State. Uh, The class he has coming in includes Kerry Booth. Calvin Booth is the general manager of the Denver Nuggets. It's his son, and he's one of the top 70 players in the country. So he's been recruiting younger players, but I also feel that, you know, that if you do this right, you can bring in a good recruiting class or a terrific recruiting class, but also mix in a couple of transfers along the way to fill a gap here and there. Uh, I think you get in trouble when you decide to go wholesale and bring in a ton of transfers at once because that's a lot of people to integrate all at the same time, all for different systems, different cultures. Uh, I think if you can bring in a group of a freshman that can that can grow together and mix in older players like a picket, like an Andrew Fugg, somebody like that, then I think it makes a big difference to the program.
0: We're talking to Steve Jones, play-by-play voice for Penn State football and men's basketball. Let's change gears here real fast, Steve. Over to football because the team had yep. the second-best recruiting class in the Big Ten, according to Twenty Four Seven Sports. How much is a how much of that is a testament to James Franklin and? Uh, his recent success i shouldn't say just recent success because he's had a lot of success with this penn state program but after going you know 4 and 5 just 2 years ago then a 7 and 6 season but then going to 11 and 2 once again how much of a testament to that recruiting class is his track record as a coach
6: oh there's no question it has a lot to do with it uh, he's been dynamic As a coach here at Penn State, he's been dynamic as a recruiter as well. I also think getting out of COVID was a big plus for Penn State because, you know, they were trying to recruit on Zoom and so forth. But once they get them to campus and once that opened up, I don't think it's any coincidence that on June 1st, 2022, or 2021, June 1st, 2021, when the doors were open on campuses, Penn State was able to get back to recruiting the way they recruited before and use their on-campus recruiting formula that they like to work with and get them on campus, see the place, get them you know, you, know, you know, seeing all the facilities, being a part of what goes on around here. They like to recruit fully as a staff and not just specific positionally. Yeah, you're going to be around the position coach when you're on your recruiting visit. And also you know, some of your better recruiters, let's face it, are your players. And they make a big difference in all that. So they've been able now to go back-to-back. Since that door opened on June first, 2021, they've gone back-to-back and they've stacked two classes together. And now they're in the process of stacking a third. And I think the when the door opened after COVID, that brought Penn State recruiting back to where it was from 16 through, through
3: 19. Steve, let me get you out of here on this. Uh, subconsciously or not, it seems like – Penn State is entrenched in that third spot in the east. That's not going to sit well uh, with a school that has played and won national championships and uh, that feel, you know you're not, you don't have to take a back seat to anybody, but do you see
6: that changing anytime soon? Well, it changed for Michigan because they were the team that was entrenched in third yeah. for years uh, and it changed for them. And that's, where, that's why when I talk about stacking classes, that's where this comes into play. Now you are closing the gap. In, a row. They, you know, in terms of the recruiting rankings, their rankings were better than Michigan's this year, as an example. Uh, they're closer to Ohio State than people realize. That game here, Penn State's winning the game with eight and a half minutes to go in the game. That's unbelievable, uh, so fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they're not, I mean, so they're not, so I mean, are you that far off? You're not really that far off. Now, you know, and they feel now they've got a five-star quarterback and Drew Aller that can do a lot of big things for them. They've put a lot of terrific players around them, including Nicholas Singleton and Kay allen They've got a really good defense. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you can have a changing of the guard, and this could be an opportunity for Penn State to do exactly
3: that. Let me sneak in one more here real quick, Steve, to, along those lines, because sure. they've, rec- they've recruited well and they haven't been able to recapture that first year where he rebuilt through the portal. Are you buying Michigan State in that recruiting process?
6: Uh, boy, that's, that's a – he brought in all those transfers, and they had 20 of them, right? 15 of the 20 were FBS. And he found gold in Kenneth Walker. There's no question about that. But the portal works both ways. And what happened with Michigan State was this past year, they had 25 guys go into the morning. Uh, and so it's gone both ways for them. And I think that they went for the quick fix. And I just feel that you need to, to recruit longer term and then fill gaps with transfers. And I think that's really the way I think more of the better teams are going.
3: Well, once we get out of divisions, this is going to be fascinating. It, you know, it's like yeah. at 2024. I'm like, because I just think, Steve, SC and UCLA are going to have to find ways to block people. And the folks that have recruited well, these last, you, you hit the number three. Three good classes in a row gives you a chance to be really relevant. And that yeah didn't seem very
6: confident for Steve there. <laughs> he said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, it does. I mean, that, that's what you have to do. You have to stack classes. In other words, if you have to work around a class that didn't quite go well for you, now, okay, now you are working around it. When you're stacking classes like that, you're creating depth, you're creating competition. You know, you, know, you may be turning some guys over in a three-year span because they're going to the NFL, but you're able to keep replenishing that if you're stacking classes. Mm. And you, when you're talking about one through 16, I don't know how much pressure there's going to be on athletic directors. Is finishing sixth good?
3: (laughs) Good question. I guess when three of the teams are Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan, you probably want to be closer to four, but that is a fantastic question because at first blush,
6: I want to say no. Right, and that's what a lot of people are. I mean, when I was up in Wisconsin a couple of weeks ago to do basketball, I was talking with their people. It was just informal conversation, nothing formal. And I said, I said, and and Luke Fickle's there. And I said, I said, what if he finishes sixth, like two or three times? Well, I mean, that's the upper division of the league, but it's still sixth. I said, is that good enough? And they looked at me and they're like, geez, I don't know. And that's what, it's going to be interesting to see how they want to play this thing out, especially with the college football playoff, because I think it'll be at 12 for a couple of years, and I think then there'll be a push to go to 16, because I don't think they can resist the money. Steve,
0: we appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks, Steve. That's Steve Jones, play-by-play voice for Penn State football and men's basketball. Put, the, put that same question in the faces of administration and fans at Nebraska is sixth place. <laughs> Which where
3: you wanna be? Is that okay? so sixth and they finish with a top twenty eight ish class at in East Lansing. It seems like that should be pretty good. Mm-hmm. But at, like at first blush when he asks me, I don't know, is sixth good? Eh, I don't know. In basketball it would be right because there's <laughs> but like however many teams in that bulk but what's the pecking order right and and the the Michigan thing is interesting cuz they're going to be the favorite in the east Michigan will be the favorite in the Big Michigan Kings. Ohio State then probably Penn State then Penn State and then in the west
0: oh fudge what are we looking at right because it's a ton of new faces it's a ton of new teams and done a ton of new coaching. Yeah. Who is the I mean, talk, fa- talk about yin and yang. Who Big is, 10 East versus
3: Big 10 West. Who is the favorite in the West? I bet somebody has odds out right now. I, I think you would make Iowa the fave. I think Iowa has, has to be the favorite in the West. No, is that crazy? Or is that? The, I don't think it's crazy. Or is that me being the accused Hawkeye fan, which I'm not? I, I would think you'd have to make Iowa the fave. They got a couple good quarterbacks in the portal that will give you a chance.
6: How in the
3: Athlon fave. Sports
0: has Wisconsin as their fave. This is just writers, though, predicting the mm-hmm. way too early proje- uh, projection of what next year will look like. They have Wisconsin, then Iowa, then Minnesota, then Illinois, then Nebraska. Is fifth not, right on the nose for Nebraska? Not, not in the West. in year one. Not in the
3: West. Not in the West. No, I, I just I, I think the fan base would be extremely disappointed. That's why I always I've been asking the question for three months. Does the the uneasiness and the West with all the new faces and new places give you hope with the expectations in Nebraska? It's like I said. Who's the best returning quarterback in the West? He he'll be a guy that hadn't played for his team probably the year before. Cade. Maybe. And was he was he blowing the doors off the place in Ann no. Arbor? Hudson Card will be interesting to watch. That'd be interesting. Hudson Card will has be a very lot of talent. Yeah. And maybe that's why people like them. And Almire's is is going to be a handful too. I mean, this card. Are we just giving card that job? Yeah, I would right away today. Yeah, I don't know who is the. F- I I if it were me, fifth does seem not very good. It seems
0: like a gut punch to yeah. call Nebraska the fifth best team in the Big Ten West. In a scenario to where you don't know what anything is going to look like next month, let alone next week, with, you know, who gets hurt, who how, how are they going to attack this coaching style versus that. And, like, nobody's going to know what the Big Ten West looks like until week
3: five. Week five next Ooh, year. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I have a feeling we'll have some litmus tests and some PH balance readings going on after Boulder. And that's week, what, week two. two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really do.
0: And you I can know. say that I mean I hope I'm right. But Colorado let's just look at Big Ten play here, right? Come week five, I feel like you'll have a good gauge on who the best team in the Big Ten is. Well West you could get is. it after
3: week one because they open with Minnesota.
0: And you could, but even if you are 0-1, just say Nebraska takes a loss in week one. Wash but, your mouth out, young but man. But by the time week five rolls around, they could be 4-1. So, like, I don't want to just say, hey, after week no, one, no, no, no. And this I is mean, what no, we know they're no, going no, no, to be.
3: Normal people don't do that. So I don't, I don't, right. don't, I don't, and I don't think you're saying that because that would be pretty dumb. But I'm saying with the West and how it will be won, It's crazy to have to think that there's so many moving parts. I think, naturally, when fans look at what the West has to offer, it changes their expectation for where Nebraska should be. So your original point was, man, that's a gut punch. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the West is in flux it it's you. You, you, you you would rest you in put, that so you put Nebraska
0: at the lower end of that list because of recency like recent seasons say that they are five versus Wisconsin being one I don't Wisconsin was great don't last year a, but they have been a, better so what, i was in, just getting ready in, to in say, the last 3 4 years i don't see
3: a huge difference between Wisconsin and Nebraska right now when i watched them play on the field last year Nebraska beat Iowa last year and I don't think they'll have near as good a team at the end of the season last I don't think they'll have as good of a t- team at the end of the season last year as they will this upcoming year. You're talking Nebraska. Nebraska. So but Iowa has to be better, don't they? Well, they they're keeping everybody on staff. At least on off <laughs> The Nebraska fans that were so preoccupied with that was crazy, but I get it. I mean, whatever. It's 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 a rival. But how are you just going to reset losing like Moss and Jack Campbell? Like I still want the Steelers (laughs) to draft Jack (laughs) Campbell, right? Like you you just we
0: talk about it a lot. One guy on defense can pave the way for everybody else. One guy. That's all it takes. No matter the Nebraska worked out on Iowa
3: when Moss got hurt. Yeah, I mean, just were out there playing a catch for two and a half quarters against Iowa. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't have anybody that can cover Palmer. Well, when DeGene got hurt, that's yeah, when, it was Dejean was it because I remember it was, that's, that's remember, it was it sideways was, and Moss was on the brain because I was watching him at Senior Bowl practice yesterday. Right. Which Um, Senior Bowl practice. I love watching that. It's cool because – I was texting about – like I like watching that, but I don't want to get into the nitty-gritty if it's not something that you vibe with. But I liked the –
0: because I texted you back. Before you even said anything of of your take, I just – I think I I told you how I like how technical – No no DeGene, no They are.
3: (laughs) Nice. I remember that.
0: How technical they are, though, in their movements, and and it just looks so natural – for them, I, I mean, I was watching the offensive lineman from North Dakota State. Yeah. Is it Cody Mock? Yeah. And he has some of the best footwork
3: I've seen from somebody that comes from the FCS level. Yeah, it was so impressive to watch SDSU wear them out up front. You know, and South Dakota State was the best team against the run in FCS because when you watch North Dakota State move, and I think I tweeted something out when they were playing each other. Um, with some of the line schemes that NDSU was using offensively, I'm like, there's a lot going on for both these. <laughs> like, this is good, high-caliber quality football, so it doesn't surprise me that you liked him because they are well coached up front. And then defensively, we just got done talking about Wisconsin. How about Keanu Benton? Yeah. Uh, hey, listen. That dude... <laughs> I mean I, I felt like I felt like trick. I should have got off the radio network during that Wisconsin Nebraska game because I was falling in love with Benton. He was so good. It was unbelievable. We'll talk more husker football, senior day
0: football, and a little Creighton basketball next.
1: Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio.
2: I want everyone in our organization, on our staff, to understand that family is, you know, for us, family is not blood. It's uh, the decisions we make every day to protect each other and to push each other and to advocate for each other. And so it can be little things. It's Terrence Knighton's son, Jameer, has his first eighth grade basketball game, and I show up to, to cheer him on, right? Because, like, I want him to know, hey, Jameer, thank you for moving across the country. Like the impact of, of this is an unbelievable opportunity, but the sacrifice of our spouses and the sacrifice of our kids is. My, my kids just moved three years ago, and now they got to turn around and move again. And even though they're coming to a wonderful place, it's still hard on kids. So when 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 the, my coaches see my kids and they hug them like they're their own, a I think that has a great impact on our players. But b um, we become like family, and so. Uh, I really mean it when I say that I want our players to say their lives are better for having been there. But I also want all the coaches who coached me to say the same thing, like, you know what, working for Coach Rule was, was, working for Matt was a great time in my life and my life is better for that. And that includes their families too. So we work really hard. We're really honest with each other. It's not easy. It's not easy. The camera's killing me. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's not easy to work here. The standards are high. Like. You guys have done a really nice job making a big deal about ed going around and i think ed, like ed's doing what we've always done like going to eight schools a day in the state of nebraska is the bare minimum it's we're not doing something special we're not like oh wow look how hard they work we're just doing our jobs <laughs> we're showing up and doing our jobs stopping at a high school and they them having a cup of coffee and the special the special education special needs students are giving away coffee and taking a picture with them that's that's called being hardworking, and the people of Nebraska work way harder than us. That that I know. I've been to, I've been to some small towns. I've been to the cities. Now I've seen people. People in the state. You guys work hard, so we're not going to celebrate ourselves for working hard. We're going to celebrate ourselves for having a purpose where we're trying to help young people have better lives. That's really that's really what's important. The working hard is because we want to win too. Wow.
0: A lot to unpack there from Coach Matt Rule from his press conference, Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. We'll get to Creighton basketball and morning dump to close out the show, but let's keep it with this because we were talking during the break, and I made the executive decision to say, like, hey, let's keep it with football because you wanted to get to this, and I think it's really important because it's things that we've talked about before. It's, when he talks about his own kids, the impact on that, we led the show with, Man, he left Carolina, and he could have just sat back, you know, been with his kids a little bit. Let him graduate. Himself, let him graduate. He's and then, seven,
3: you know He's going to be 18.
0: And then decide, hey, what should we do next? But he didn't want that. He didn't want that for him. He didn't want that for his family. He wanted to keep going, to, to do it all over again and continue making an impact on young men's lives. And so that's why he said, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to do it. We found the right spot. I'm going to do it. We're going to go to Nebraska. And we are going to create this family. And I love the word family when it comes to a sport because not everybody lives in Nebraska. Not everybody comes from Lincoln, Omaha, or surrounding areas. A lot of these kids, whether they're transfer portal or recruits, come from California, come from Georgia, come from Texas, come from the Northeast. And when you're away, you're 18, 19, 20 years old, When you're away from your family for the majority of the school year, you need a family to Mm. lean on. You need a family to create. You need a family. That's it. And so the importance of creating a family at Nebraska for Matt Rule and making that a huge priority goes so far in development, and it adds to than the development on the football field.
3: Yeah, I think it's a big deal. I, before Trev and, and the staff found Coach Rule, one of the things that I used to always harp on was I appreciated the fact that Trev, behind the scenes, was trying to change the dynamics of the athletic department in terms of his hires, diversifying um, you know, the employment group, getting different perspectives, making sure that he was talking with student-athletes during different panels and forums to see what the comings and goings-ons were within the athletic department to help better serve the student-athletes. And I said, Drew Down, he's doing that because the more you make it like home, the less apt people are to want to leave. And I felt like he was taking preventative measures, trying to get out ahead, so you can make it a destination place and, and combat things like the portal and the ability to transfer so easy because it's so good here. That's why it's important to change up the nutrition menu. The athlete, you know what what student athletes can eat. How are are we are we cognizant of 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 different regions and how can we not alienate folks that may be coming from someplace else and you know trying to be now listen you can lose the reality of yourself trying to be all inclusive but if those core principles are kind of loving on one another and having general concern for one another generally you're going to be okay not foolproof, but you give yourself a chance to have some success and so i think When Coach Rule talked early, we were a little dismissive because we didn't have a frame of reference. When he talks about being like-minded and appreciating Trev and Ted Carter's vision, I think a lot of that is what he's talking about. I think that's also in conjunction when he says things like, when my wife and I snuck in and we checked it out and she said, hey, Matt, I love this place. This is for us. Let's do this. We kind of undersold it. Like, oh, that's cute. That's a nice little story, right? Like, my wife wants to be someplace, and so I'm going to do this for her. Ah, yes and no. It all goes together, right? Right. You you uprooted. You know, his his daughter needs some services provided. She may have been getting those in Carolina that aren't part of the the protocol in the educational system here in Nebraska.
0: Good news is the education here in Nebraska. Is so off she the can. Charts. So
3: she can. Well, in Lincoln, they write their own curriculum too. So. I mean, there are some pros and cons. I remember Coach Joseph saying the praises of of Lincoln Public Schools compared to to where uh, they were coming from. And so all I think all those things matter because when it's nut cutting time mm-hmm. and it gets hectic and and you're you're two and four and you're looking down the barrel of a of a, a tough opponent, it better be about something else other than the results if you want to hang in there and come out of the back end. You know, Coach Sumanji said this during the hype video. He said, family isn't blood. It's about wanting to replace the pain with love for the brother next to you and being okay with doing that. And I just think to myself, the more it sounds cheesy, but just think about it. in all the high-functioning relationships, shoot, Bill called yesterday. This on a humbug. And at the very end, he we're talking about all these other, like, business things. And he goes, hey, is there anything you need? How are you guys doing? Like, are you hanging in there? Change the whole tenor of the conversation. You're talking about boss man Bill. Yeah. He but does, you know, he, that's how he he's that's how, that to me a that's couple how, of times, and too. That's kind, you, and I think that's his strength. And how do we describe where we work? It's, it's a yes, little family. family. It's a little family. So I, I just think that's... Those things matter. Makes you want to be there and crunch time, right? The best even. So so if the dollars don't make sense or the wins don't match the losses, like you need something else to sustain you, where you could say, just like under the the roof of your house or something, where you'll say, "Oh man, that's that's my sister, or, or that's my brother, or that's my kid," where that's the answer that buoys all the other. Man, can you believe such and such and such and such? Yeah, that, but that's my brother. Yeah, but that's my sister. And I'll stand by him. I'm t- that's, that's how you get over the hump.
0: There's a quote from the movie Miracle. Remember when, when they're leaving to go on the bus and there's three guys standing outside and they want Herb to get off the bus and Herb's like, why aren't you guys getting on the bus? And he's like, you're not separating this team. And he's like, oh, I'm going to do whatever I want, essentially. And he's like... <laughs> No, we're family. And like that's the buy-in that he yeah. wanted to get out of his team. I'm not just basing it off of this movie, but other coaches yeah. that have similar buy-ins like that produce the best teams. Yeah,
3: there's there's zero question in my mind. We went on a second half run against the team last year and I think it was all about because we were cohesive cuz we were down at the half. I remember when, you know, media was killing Nebraska a couple years during my career and we made this decision to make it about us and nobody else like if we didn't like one another it wouldn't have worked right if it just wouldn't because you're rolling the dice when you want to make it about team and your team isn't a team you're in big trouble
0: Hey, we're talking about
3: family. How about a family-run,
0: family-owned business over at Dingman's Collision Center? Love it. Four locations throughout the metro area, along with the standalone mechanical shop at 120th and Maple. They've been in the business for over 25 years in Omaha. They do a give-back program, which after your visit, you then put some sort of token ticket into a bowl for charity and dingmans will do the donation themselves a great piece a great addition to to that that organization dingmans collision center if you need help with your car go to dingmans coming up next we're talking to brian edwards here on coffee and cream
1: Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Now, Vegas insider, senior handicapper, and fan of the cold Budweiser bottles, Brian Edwards. It's
4: got to be touchdown, touchdown, touchdown.
1: Brian Edwards.
4: I don't really love it.
1: Brian Edwards.
4: Boy, they using the cream cheese to butter the bagel.
1: Brian Edwards. I'm going with the cowgirls. Here is Brian Edwards.
0: Hey, Brian Edwards is a fan of <laughs> Budweiser, but let me tell you, we are a fan of Acres Ale on this show, brewed with Nebraska corn, crisp and clean with a light, refreshing flavor. Uh, I would also say it's it's a refreshing finish, too. Uh, locally brewed, the perfect beer to wind down at the end of your workday. We tried Acres Ale yesterday after the show, and it was fantastic. It does give similar vibes,
3: B, B, we're gonna get you some Acres Ale, okay, buddy? Of of, of, of your
4: favorite light beer. Uh, okay, I'll have to try it. I'm, <laughs> a, I'm a pretty, I'm pretty brand, I'm pretty brand loyal.
0: Yeah. So, are you Budweiser, Bud Light, Bush, Bush Light? What is it? B-
4: Bud, Hev. Bud, Bud heavy.
0: Bud heavy. Yes. And hey, you're a type little guy, like My B, Are you answer. serious?
4: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: man, this guy, he's drinking one beer, and he's like, I'm caked. I'm uh, yeah, I'm, um, I'm, done. I'm, I'm full. <laughs> I'm Brian, full.
4: good morning, man. What's up? Oh, man, uh, it's going good. Still a little bitter about the officiating uh, at Arrowhead <laughs> the other night. But, um, yeah, actually, I'm still very bitter
3: about uh, that. Let, let, me, let, let me stay right there, B, just for a sec, because the vitriol and kind of the pushback and – Man, I just felt like there was a ridiculous amount of whining after the playoffs. 100% you think it has to do with the fact that so much money changes hands that it elicits. I mean, did you see, like, social media was a mess about officiating, and I think it's got to be because money's changing hands.
4: Uh, yeah, that's probably probably it. More more people on Twitter are gambling these days with it legal and whatever it is now, like 31, 32, something like that. Yeah. I think Massachusetts got legal the other day. I don't know if that's 32 or what where the number is. But yeah, that probably has a lot to do with it, I would imagine. I would imagine so.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Hey, Brian, you know,
0: I, I see one of your plays in front of me, and it, and it revolves around the Eagles' team total over 12.5 in the first half. It's, it's, it's a, a heavier price at minus 125, but not really crazy. I made a lot of money this year betting on the Eagles' spread in the first half, so I'm with you when, it, when you talk about this team being super successful in the first 30 minutes of the football game. But why in particular do you like the over 12.5 in the first half? Because that kind of seems low to me.
4: Yeah, so their, their team totals in the first half, I, you know, I just I did it. Their offense was, you know, looking so great early in the year. And I, uh, I did that bet a time or two, and, you know, it won. So I just kind of kept doing it. I didn't do it every week because there were some weeks where it would be uh, 14 or 14 and a half. But uh, it was only 10 and a half last week because San fran got an elite D. But it's it's normally been 13 and a half most weeks. And uh, they have gotten to at least 14 by halftime in 16 of their 19 games. So uh, obviously um, it's been very successful uh i got back i would kind of gone away from it there uh when you know when Jalen got hurt um i had gone away for it from it there and that uh you know the two games that Minshew started and, and didn't do it um i don't think i did it the regular season finale but i got back on it the last two playoff games and it hit pretty easily and um so i'm gonna go back to it I, i'm still undecided uh, on the game i, I guess i just kind of w- i normally know exactly what i want and fire away right when the afc and nfc championship games end like last year i jumped on the Bengals, was just wanting to get them at plus three or better and um got a little better and ended up winning but uh i'm undecided right now i, I guess i just kind of want to see i don't know that we'll find out anything if he react if if Mahomes re- aggravates his ankle i doubt we would find out but um I don't know i'm just kind of in a holding pattern although i will say if you like the chiefs you're probably better off going the uh super bowl mvp prop for mahomes plus 130 uh because i can't imagine them winning and him not being mvp um so i'll just throw that out if you like casey uh they're plus 105 on the money line or plus one and a half uh probably better off going mahomes plus 130 to win super bowl mvp
3: so that's interesting because i think one of the cool things about you is um For as much as this business is made you think just the opposite. Like I like how you're always you're always about value, right? It's like, okay, if you're gonna play the plus one oh five, why not just play the plus one thirty and and get the bigger plus money. But if it's not Mahomes, and I was telling Andrew this before before we got you on the show. Every week, I said you have this knack for being a good Super Bowl prop guy. You did say that, uh, you know, because you've had some really good years hitting some long odds. What are you? What do you look for?
4: Yeah, so I, I had the Devin Hester first touchdown at twenty-five to one odds. I had Brandon LaFell first touchdown eighteen to one odds. That was uh, one of the New England Giants Super Bowls. <laughs> I, I had Anquan Bolden twelve to one. Uh, in the San Fran-Baltimore one. Yeah. Um, you know, just, I just kind of like to well, – last year I, I got on Evan McPherson's uh, points. It was only like – I think it was like six, six. and a half. And you, you remember how he had been money the whole playoffs. And I just – you know, yeah, right? I think he got – Yeah, I think it went over like maybe in the third quarter or <laughs> if not sooner. No but, um, sweat. You know, I just look for – and so, you know, I'll sometimes do it for MVP. And I did it, Evan McPherson, for MVP last year. And, you know, if they would have gotten another first down and he had drilled like a 55-yarder to force OT and then hit another one in OT, he might have gotten it. Talking about, you know, the Rams game last year. You you know, if Kansas City does win and Mahomes doesn't get MVP, the only person I could see – and I haven't even looked up what his odds to win MVP are – or, you know, if Chris Jones has like three or four sacks and forces a couple of fumbles, that that would be the only guy I think on the on the Chiefs that, I mean, I just can't see Kelsey, you know, because whatever he would do would be attached to Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So I think Chris Jones is the only guy who could win it um, outside of Mahomes for KC. Uh, for I haven't seen those odds. I mean, if they were, <clears throat> excuse me, if they were like, you know, 50 to one, maybe I would, Consider a flyer on that.
0: Hey, who's scoring the first touchdown, then? <laughs> Let me
4: know. Right, right. I haven't – Um, you know what? You know what? I had Kadarius the other day at 13-1.
3: Oh, Florida like, guy likes the guys. gator. Weird.
4: <laughs>
0: yeah, man. A Kadarius.
4: Catch the ball, brother. Uh, you know, I haven't even looked at those odds yet, so I'll, I'll get back to you guys next week oh, on the first Oh, I'm touchdown.
0: excited. Now you're going to make me wait a full week, and I'm going to have to get through another Monday, another Tuesday, another be-
3: Wednesday just to hear my in. Hey, tell them money away, money away for him, right, Brian? Hey, you got you That's do have right. a, you do have an NBA play, and like you're, they're hot, man. So the number seems ridiculously low—just four and a half. The Bucks have won five in a row, uh, catching a Clippers bunch that I think eh, still trying to figure it out. Although they have won seven out of their last ten, doesn't four and a half doesn't seem light to you?
4: it does seem light so I am gonna go uh, with Milwaukee and, and like you said Damon they've won uh, five in a row and and seven of eight and their winning margins have been by nine 25, 10 eight, 20, 28 and 13 mm. and when the bucks when the bucks have been favored by six and a half points or fewer at home this year they're 12 and two uh, against the spread um, now no Bobby Portis but uh. You know, the Clippers are playing better just because Paul George and Kawhi are on the court, and they're not in a back-to-back, but you never know when those guys are going to be out. It seems like they're trying to get dialed in, though, right now and not sitting out unless it's back-to-back. So they'll probably play, but I still like Milwaukee minus four and a half.
3: How big of a win was that for your Gators? Uh, Huge. Do you trust Tennessee?
4: No, I, I don't. I mean, they're really, really good. Um, I, and I'm not saying I won't back them some more in the regular season, but in terms of a future bet to win the national title, or do I trust them laying points in March? Heck no. because they, <laughs> they just have these games where they cannot get buckets. Yeah. Like it was the Kentucky game at home. You know what? Two or three Saturdays ago. It was last night. And then I was way invested on them against Michigan, in the round of thirty-two last year, and they just could not score in the last eight minutes. And I was about to have a coronary. No, I do not trust them. Come March, Brian.
0: Somebody asked me. Somebody asked me this yesterday. How 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 do you bet on college basketball? What's the best approach for betting on college basketball?
4: Well, you know, I like to find streaks uh, both ways, like. You know, there was a Merrimack under streak it was yeah, I good that was going for a while. They got LAU
3: they got LAU today.
4: Yeah, it's uh the over has actually hit back to back for Merrimack, so I'm, I'm gonna stay away. Um I, but I like to do streaks like right now it, it might I'm not saying definitely do it on Saturday and we don't know. They play Notre Dame, but the overs hitting 12 straight for wake, but it's taken buzzer beaters in the last two games. I don't know if you guys saw Tyree Appleby hit a 40
3: footer. Yes,
4: sir. That got <laughs> yes, <good>. sir.
3: <laughs> hey, the quote unquote meaningless three. <laughs>
4: Right, right. It was very meaningful. Oh in my man! World.
0: And then there was a bad beat in that Mizzou game last night. They had ten and a half, and they were up thirteen. Uh, turned the ball over, and LSU goes down and hits a garbage time three. Shoot!
4: Yeah, yeah. I had Missouri. Um, oh, yeah. But I, I actually had them at ten, so it was a push. Uh, but it was still. I um, got punch. And, and Missouri just threw the ball away.
0: Yeah, I,
3: they did.
4: Oh, uh, it's gross.
3: <laughs> pre- pre- appreciate it, B.
0: Hey, thanks, Brian. That's uh, Brian Edwards, and um, gosh, is, is he fun to talk to? <laughs> He's Brian great. Edwards, uh, majorwager.com, brianedwardsports.com. Toss him a follow on Twitter at VegasB Edwards. We'll get into more college basketball when we talk Creighton during the morning dump. And then I want to run one thing by DB that was No, I don't sent believe Foster. I don't
3: believe Arian Foster. Last
0: night. What do you mean? All of that was fact. He was spitting facts on that show. We're going to Morning Dub next. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow.